0: EVO 2019 is now behind us and there was so much that went down over the weekend. We welcome Dream King and Majin Shinhan to break down and explore early findings with Street Fighter V's three newcomers. Also, the EVO production team gets into a bit of hot water with fans thanks to a tease gone awry. Multiple games knock it out of the park with wonderful reveals. Pakistan proves it's going to continue to make waves in the Tekken scene. We finally get a confirmation that Riot is indeed making an all-new fighting game and more on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast.
1: Perfect!
2: all right welcome back to the event hubs podcast i am john catalyst gray and with me as always is john Raptor guerrero
0: oh don't don't point the attention at me point the attention at the dynamic duo as they like to call themselves now <laughs> all right hey
1: we're back there it is <laughs> <laughs> couldn't keep us away from
0: long.
3: Uh, it's not even you we've been the dynamic duo since forever holding down the front page mm-hmm. with collabs and everything man
2: that's right. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys got to introduce yourselves now that you're that dynamic duo, like you've got a cool name. Like I mean, cool I don't
0: know. I know your, your, your daily, you know, like your, your secret disguise, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne identities. I don't know you as these guys, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime you see a really killer collaboration on the front page, it's probably the dynamic duo. So just, just keep an eye out for any cool, like, hey, characters we want to see in upcoming games, things like that. They're usually us, and we're usually rocking it pretty hard. Oh, yeah. So.
2: Yeah, and who us is is uh, Stephen Dream King Chavez, (laughs) our director of editorial, and then the other guy is Nicholas Majutenshian Taylor. Who, if you looked at our Evo results, he went in there like a madman, and I don't even know how many hours a day he worked, but it was insane. Uh, The man is a machine. Uh, Say hi, Nicholas.
0: (laughs) Hi everyone. Uh, Thanks for the introduction. Nick John doesn't know how many hours you worked. You could tell him you just worked twenty four hours every day the entire weekend. Make some damn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I believe it. Actually, I'd be like, "Yeah, that
2: sounds about right." Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> All right, but getting into it here, we had Honda, Lucia, and Poison release for Street Fighter V. I actually want to kick us off here with Honda. And, and just say that one uh, we got in a, this is probably the character I think we've got the most time with it like collectively as a team right now um, it is someone we are constantly advocating for for John Velociraptor to pick up as his new main and to drop Nikali. we're like hey dude you've got to play this character they made this character for you I actually went on record and said that if he mains this character I think he will have more success in Street Fighter 5 than he's had with any other character in the game like that's how good of a fit i think honda
0: is for him but i'm going to turn it right over to you john like
2: what are you seeing with this guy like how do you feel about him overall
0: um yeah so i have actually now that the updates happened uh the the game tells you how many like your your current streak or not your streak your record with characters quite frequently now it's it's interesting they've actually done a, a couple of little tune-ups to a, a couple of different modes which are nice little quality of life issues so cool um but i apparently i've played about 80 games with him and online either in battle lounges or in, in casual and i accidentally did ranked one time but and i won it so i'm undefeated in ranked uh, <laughs> but he's been he's been interesting he's he's been fun to play his game with uh i stepping away from the the discussion of you know street fighter 5's risk and reward and and those those kind of uh arenas Honda has a pretty clear-cut game I played him in Street Fighter 4 and was hoping he'd be similar to that he he really isn't at least to to the extent that um, in the way I played him which was just try to walk up and, and his walk speed was was really really good um, into like a, a crouching jab into hands now, he does have good forward walk speed in this, and he does like to use his jab for space control, but he does not get to do that as liberally as he did in four, which is probably a good thing because between his, his standing roundhouse and his jab hands and his standing fierce punch, he, I mean, he was pretty powerful, and I don't know how, uh, that would be just too much probably if he was able to do that here in five because of the kind of game five tends to be. But his basic um, approach game plan uh, is is a fun one to play. It's certainly not the easiest, and it's probably not the most efficient when it comes to Street Fighter 5, but it is fun, because his idea is that he wants to get, of course, close. He wants to rush you down. He's a sumo wrestler, and I think they did a very good job capturing the theme of what a sumo wrestler might do in their, in their actual fighting style. It's this forward momentum, not too quick on the retreat, but certainly uh, a powerhouse when it comes to moving forward with his forward walk speed, with his dash, and then, of course, the threat of headbutt and things like that so his whole thing is that he likes to make the spaces in front of him scary which is something that pretty much all characters do to an extent but this is sort of what he does he makes um, the the space in front of him where his uh, standing fierce punch ranges scary first and foremost so you don't want to tr- like be in there so you kind of freeze up outside of that range when you do that and just to I, I want to add in that that he hits like a damn
2: truck he is powerful. His combos are great. His pressure is great. That's how come you do not want him in your face.
0: Yeah, he thrives off of that. He's He certainly falls into that kind of bruiser category where he's got the throws and the command grab, but he's not necessarily based around that. It's more to open him up to hit you really hard. Um, so basically it's this game of use... Um, Fierce punch, the headbutts, which are which are negative, but they're pretty damn safe. They're Street Fighter V safe in a lot of ways, um, and then his standing medium punch and jab, and you have to use, uh, and then a few other buttons you can pepper in there. But those are kind of like the basics, and and it's essentially this this wheel uh, of. Oh, oh, John,
2: of, I I just have to I I have to stop you here because I watched uh, him and Dream King play about like I don't know 15 20 sets or whatever, and. You might think Honda's standard heavy punch is a good button, but when you watch it in Velociraptor's hand, you go, Oh my gosh, is that thing broken? And I I, mean, like, yeah. I would like
3: to chime in on that too, because I was playing, I think, like eight sets against Rotba, and he was playing only Honda. And, like, within two matches, I was like, This button is way too good.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like,
3: everything else with Honda, I'm fine with. I think he has strong tools, and I think those are fine, but that Standing Heavy Punch, like, I know it's day one, or, like, week one, and I'm not gonna call for stuff to get nerfed now, of course not, it's way too early, but if I'm not calling for nerfs in six months for that particular button, I will be shocked. (laughs)
2: <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Steven, how did that button make you feel? How did that make you feel when John was using that? And mm. I, I personally, I just want to state this up front. I think John's use of it was phenomenal. I don't think the button is broken. I love it in the context of what Honda has as a character. Uh, but just watching John use it, I was so impressed with his footsies and fundamentals and with punishing with it. But but Steven, how did that make you feel? I, I didn't have to play against it. I just watched, right? So.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, I think Nick said it to me best uh, before the podcast. He said that Standing Heavy Punch uh, is a Swiss Army Knife button. It's uh, it's used for pretty much everything, it feels like. Uh, it anti-airs, it's used for big combos, it's used for space control, crush counters, you name it. Outranging people with punishes. Um, Honda can make it, uh, the space just outside of Standing Heavy Punch range, and just that range, he can make that so scary because you're trying to expect him to, you know, you're trying to, to predict that he's going to dash forward, right? His forward dash is really fast and really good. It covers a lot of space. I mean, I think he covers almost full screen in just two dashes. Like, he's pretty much right up <sighs> in your face after two forward dashes and it's fast so he's covering that area in front of him and you're trying to look for you know hey i'm trying to jab him out of the dash or confirm out of a dash right but then you throw out a button and he hits standing heavy punch instead and then he confirms into head, a head butt and now you're knocked down now you're in the corner now he's pressuring you and it's really scary because he hits hard and once he corners you or once he knocks you down he's up in your face it's pretty damn hard to get away from it uh that button is really good and just overall i think honda is looking really good right now um he has a lot of great tools and man i don't know what it is about his command throw it's like it doesn't have a startup animation i swear like i i could never see it coming (laughs) well yeah I, i guess i have 50 frames on g startup right a command throw it's 12 frames but you know slowest in the game or whatever um but it, it every time I'm hit with it, it's like I'm just hit with it all of a sudden like um it starts in the middle of the animation, I swear like I can never see what happened. uh I don't know what that is, maybe it's just me being you know new to the character or whatever, uh, but it seems really fast, and I think uh it's the normal is actually seven frames startup and the e x is five right yeah. So it's not like overly fast. it's like pretty typical and and I mean, I think five frames Nick you were mentioning that's the the fastest command throw you can get in a, in a street Fighter five right uh, so, except for supers, um, yeah. Except for supers, correct. So it's not, like, overly crazy, but man, when he's up close, I don't know if it's his frame advantage, you know, on his block strings, things like that, it's really scary to deal with. I think I, I'm, like, batting a 1,000 in terms of being hit by that command throw. Like, I haven't got away from, like, maybe one of those <laughs> yet. Um, I want to get this back over to
2: Raptor here real quick, but I just want to yep. jump in and say real fast that why I'm okay with stand heavy punch is, is the same reason I'm okay with not stand heavy punch, and that might seem like a, a weird, you know, comparison there, but this game like you fall so far apart when someone rushes you down and that stand heavy punch locks down so many flails it locks down so much rush down it's like yeah guess what you can't just mash your face on the controller and go blow up honda he has got a huge button that is going to stop you in your tracks if you try to do that bullcrap on him and that's why i love this character but i want to turn it back over to you john like how do you how do you feel about all that
0: yes well uh, there's a few things to say about that one it does serve many purposes it's a it's a fairly strong anti-air it does require um a bit of timing that i'm still getting used to especially if a character can manipulate the time that they're in the air with something like a dive kick so it's fairly weak to something like that and i uh, very much still because I've, I've played dp characters up until this point in five really and so i'm like it still sucks come well maybe not sucks but it's certainly a step down from having a dp um that said though you know, he's, he's got his anti-air options and his air-to-airs are pretty good. So it's not a place where like I, I'm, I'm super upset. It just takes a little more precision to use it. And it does function as an anti-air. It functions as a space control move and it also functions as a pressure tool because even though it is negative, it's negative seven on block and negative two on hit, um, if you use it up close to somebody, you can cancel into uh, hands, and hands are safe. So you do it kind of um, that way. Now, they Capcom has already paid some specific attention to this, and we won't we won't sit on every move like this. So we probably just talk about Honda's or Honda's. Uh, standing heavy punch in this much depth, but um, you can only cancel this move into super or into hands or into whatever um, in the first three frames. So, so you can't like if you catch someone with a tail end of it, it doesn't cancel, which I think is a is a, a smart thing to do because it would become mm-hmm. overpowered very quickly, and it's already got a lot of strong uses. So you you do have to use it with some precision. You have to get a whiff punish from fairly close up. You can't get it from just the tip, um, and and I think that's good. I compare it a lot to Yurian's standing heavy punch, which has been known as something of a god button for quite some time and uh and it is different it is different from that and both have their perks over the other one but i feel like if i were a Yurian player i'd be using his his heavy punch just like this um, to control the space i kind of learned this more or less from Yurian players on uh on, on what i saw when i saw this move for the first time I'm like this is how i could probably implement it into the game plan and make it most efficient uh urian popped up all through that thought process
1: yeah, I just want to jump in really quickly, too, because uh, uh, Raptor and I played a set of Urian versus Honda, and a lot of our match was just us standing outside of range hitting heavy punches, <laughs> and it was just us, like, chopping at the air in front of us to see who would get hit first. It was it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say you guys were you... actually
2: pl- playing footsies in Street Fighter Five. Imagine that. Like, I, I'm <laughs> like, wow, there's actual footsies in this game, and, you know, like, for the first time ever. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So, uh, um, and Oh, go
0: ahead, Nick.
3: Yeah, I, I just got to say what you were saying there. Uh, the person I was talking about that I played against, Rothba, uh, the guy I played the most against, he is a Urian main. So maybe that's why I hate Tonda's standing heavy punch so much, because he used it absolutely perfectly. And it was so annoying. And, you know, every time he got hands on me on block, uh, I think it's plus three. And his standing heavy punch is eight frames. So he just threw that out. And I have no options at that point, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to counter that. I don't have a six frame move that's going to reach him in time. I, I'm just gonna get crush countered if I try. So I just had to hold the heavy punch every time he did that.
2: Yeah, I, I do want to get in actually real quick, because we're really praising Honda quite heavily, and I do want to mention some of his weaknesses. This guy gets rushed down hardcore. He lacks a three-frame normal. Uh, he His uh, invincible reversal, which is his EX headbutt, one, it's very unsafe on block. It's like negative 27 or something like that, uh, but it also does not get armor until frame three. And that combination of uh, only has a four-frame normal and and lacks an EX reversal is very, very, very bad. Very few characters have that kind of weak uh, defense going on. So while Honda can do all this stuff, when you get in on that character, he very much falls apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going to be in the same
0: situation as Alex. NG. NG. Um,
1: well, G doesn't have an armored EX move to get out on three frames. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, um, so, but as far as Honda and predictions go, uh, it's still very early, uh, but I, I do want to say that for those of us that have experienced either playing as or against him, um, and it is feeling s- somewhat scary right now, uh, I would, I'm, I'm waiting for things to settle on both on both sides of the coin, because I know at least in my own games, I am not able to do optimals things um, um, consistently right now, of course. Uh, I'm not I'm not that quick on the uh, on, on on learning the character, but so so there's a lot of damage left on the table, a lot of reactions where you see what you should have done, but that's not kind of coming to fruition yet. And then on the other side, people don't know where the holes in things are, where like a cancel into hands might have a space where you can jab them out of it. Um, and and uh, like I'll see some like someone will block an ex headbutt and be I'll be minus 27 and they won't be ready for the punish because they just don't know, or they'll just get a little tap or something when they could have gotten a full combo. So um, the with all of the new characters i'd say this is still kind of how things are being played out right now and so not to take too much stake in what we're finding right now as far as how efficient the characters are because there's a lot of bs that they're all getting away with and honda with his armored moves and such and in his weird situations um, is uh, probably i would argue maybe the most getting away with the most stuff right now but as people put him into the lab as people figure out where the the gaps are and things along those lines um it, it's gonna be interesting because you're also going to have the people maximizing their efficiency with his combos and such so i'm not sure where he's going to land honda has traditionally in my experience has been a character that's either going to be like usually in the bottom half and if he's not in the bottom half he'll be in like the top three because he's one of those summary polarizing characters where if if, if he does what he does Well enough to be good. He's really good, but in his general design, a lot of times zoners and such can can take care of him without too much problem. Now his V skill does uh, uh, serves as something of an answer to that. Like you know, against Guile, you go, how is this character ever going to do anything with a character that can just chuck booms all day? And his V skill V skill uh, negates that and actually um, builds his V trigger. But a two hitting fireball can kind of help get through that and. Uh, I don't know if like if Guile Nash has always been bad for Guile or Guile, you know, Bison has always been bad for Guile in this game, then maybe you'd have an argument. But I don't feel like uh, it's uh, been a huge issue with Fireball and getting V skills. So I don't know that he'll necessarily be able to go toe to toe with characters like that.
2: I'll add in. I, I really think that he's going to struggle against zoners. Now, how many zoners are there in Street Fighter V? Right. Um, he has tools to get around that, but I really feel like a character like Monat is going to give him a lot of trouble. Um, now, I could be wrong. It's you don't know. It's this is playing it on paper versus actually playing it. You know, and, and having a good, competent skill set to work off of. Right. Mm-hmm. but he's a character that's like how is he going to get in on you like his headbutt, butt uh, his medium headbutt is like one of the safest ways he has in uh, and that is a negative seven move uh, some characters can punish that really easy some cannot uh, obviously he has a sumo splash but there's that's so telegraphed it's hard for him to get in consistently with it and so he's a character that really needs to play the neutral and outplay you in that and then he gets going mm-hmm. uh, He he's not just someone with like I don't see any just do it moves with this guy like maybe but they're, they're not getting you a huge event. it's not like Urien like shoulder tackle like type of like just do it or, or birdie or something like that it's like he really has to work to get to the spots he needs to on screen
0: yeah yeah and that headbutt like light headbutt's only minus four and does not have mm-hmm. a fast enough reaching move that she can punish that Monat has like reach and range on everything, and she might only get a jab to
2: punish it, but she can punish pretty much anything in the game. She has reach a jab, and though. speed. Yeah. yeah, she has
1: reach and speed. Yeah. So she can probably punish it. if you're curious about any move that you're thinking, "Hey, can can Monat punish it?" Yeah, yeah. she
2: can. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, again might just be a single jab, and that's it. But that's yeah, yep, she can yep. do it.
0: So. And it's interesting so. the 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 V triggers though. I think Capcom also paid a, a good amount of attention to. One is a move that kind of enhances your damage output, and hey, you can get a gimmick out of it because it gets to charge up and have a hit of armor with his headbutt and I've gotten plenty of mileage out of that when I shouldn't have, but again, it's early on and it's kind of gimmicky. But his other one gives him a hit of armor and it charges at the opponent. Um, You can use it in combo, but I would think against a character like Manat, if you can read when they want to hit a heavy punch. Um, the the theory I think here is that well you armor through that grab them and then he immediately takes them to the corner and they can't Mm. back or or like they they lose some of their get up options so uh, it's immediately a bad position and exactly where Honda wants you and although I think like John you said yesterday when we were playing uh, it's sort of a gimmick and and it does seem like there's a lot of it's pretty easy to escape from especially when you know um, that might be something of a saving grace specific matchup uh, V trigger that balances some of the places where so, so one V trigger enhances his offense. The other one uh, buffs up the places where he's kind of got holes in his gameplay, which is, I think, a good idea for how V-Trigger should function. Um, and so it'll be interesting. I think so far he's a, he's a well-designed character. He does a lot of things with intent, um, he's different in in that you know uh, a lot of things have changed about him with his uh, his hands being like four inputs now And the way hands work are kind of funky you can't be as just gung-ho with them Yeah you, ha- you have to decide which version you want to do and from what and from what space and whatnot and and is a little bit Technical and that you have to figure out how you want a piano and how you want to uh, you know to get which version mm-hmm. you want So all of those things are kind of interesting kind of fun, but all in all it's been fun to play this uh, this game where you can either go for the the offense or you can turn things around and say i'm gonna let you crash on the jagged rocks as you try to you know get on this beach you know as it were uh, where he turtles up and he can kind of play both so far somewhat efficiently so that's been fun and so he's been fun to explore um i don't know if he'll change street fighter 5 in general but i'm having fun checking him out so far and uh and yeah a good, a good uh, addition.
2: A couple things to, to, to uh, add on to there is um, uh, his V-Triggers are not overpowered. We're used to overpowered V-Triggers in this game. And um, one thing that uh, you, you touched on with V-Trigger, too, is that, like, whatever corner you're closest to, it automatically, the game decides, oh, I'm going to throw you to that one. So, like, he always gets a corner off it, which is really interesting. Uh, as you say, I think it's going to be matchup dependent, but it is a two-bar V-Trigger, so, you know, you never know, you know, type thing. But I really like that Capcom took a character, and instead of saying, hey, you know what? Your V-Trigger is just going to be your saving grace all up and down. Honda does not feel that way at all. His V-Trigger one is good, but it's a helper tool. It is not defining him as a character, which is so refreshing to finally see in this game. And it's something that, that John and I have talked about on the podcast. It's like, don't freaking define a character on a V-Trigger. Like, it's it's too mm-hmm. much of a gimmick. And it, it cheapens the game for people. And it's like, hey, they didn't do that with Honda. They listened. It's like, oh, that works. So, so yeah.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh- like from what I've seen, I think Honda is actually going to land in a completely different area than you said Honda traditionally lands in. Because I think he's not going to be bottom half, but he's definitely not going to be top three. I think it'll be good, but as you guys were saying, it'll obviously have obviously have difficult matchups with Zoners. I mean, the first matchup I thought of. Uh, for when I, just when I saw his trailer was, oh, Minot's going to be terrible for him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then well, once you saw him play and stuff, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Manat's going to be rough. And yeah, Guile is probably going to be rough too because he can do a lot of 2-hit projectiles and everything. So I feel like Honda is going to be a pretty solid character, but he's definitely going to have his fair share of bad matchups. I'm just not sure his bad matchups will necessarily be the top tiers. So he might do very well in a mm-hmm. top eight, for example.
0: Yeah. How was he in ST? Wasn't he kind of a, a decently good character in ST? Uh,
2: super Turbo, Hondo. Honda is infamous for beating every character without a fireball and losing to every character with a fireball pretty okay. much. That, yeah. And that's like the polarizing thing about Honda in that game. But uh, Nick, actually I want to piggyback on what you said. I actually agree completely. That's like the next note I have here is I actually see him at, at worst as a mid-tier character. I have no idea beyond that um, because again, typically characters with strong V-triggers, they end up at the very top of the game. That's how this game has been. But this is, again, one of the few characters that is not based around that, but still seems good. And so I I don't know where to place him, but it feels to me like he's going to be at worst mid-tier.
3: Yeah, and I agree with you about the design on V-Triggers. I actually think, I don't know so much about Poison, but I think it holds true with Lucia as well, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later, that they aren't necessarily designed around their V-Triggers being like the game-changer, but rather the V-Trigger kind of just complementing what they already have.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So actually, speaking of Lucia, um, Nick, you've been playing the character quite a bit. Uh, Of all things, you're like, I'm going to stream Street Fighter V. I'm loving this character. Like, she's so much fun. Uh, This is a character that, like, I I infamously say, like, no one requested. And there's, like, three people on the internet, like, that did, right? From Final Fight 3 or whatever. Um, There was almost no hype for this character in terms of, like, I mean, it's a brand new character. Kind of, you know, and so, yeah. but what are you seeing with her? Uh, why are you liking this character and having so much fun?
3: I mean, the first thing I need to bring up is uh, the initial trailer we saw, where we saw Honda, Lucia, and Poison in Order, was a, such a gigantic disservice to this character, because I saw it, and I was like, oh, this looks so lame. She looks trash, boring, and she has all this super cool stuff that they just didn't show in the trailer for some reason. I have no idea why. She just had a bunch of normals that looked kind of eh, and she did some stuff, and you know, her super kind of looks like Ken, so it was kind of, okay, whatever, it looks kind of copy-pasted. Then you actually, like, get. they did a second trailer later on that showed more of her stuff, and I was like, oh, what's this? This looks really cool. And then when I tried her out, I was like, okay, everything she has is super amazing. Like, <laughs> this is an amazing character. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to stream Street Fighter Five. I I don't want to be held to that as a promise, but I might, because she's so fun the greatest thing i've found with her is you can do so much with her fireball game it's so much like expression within that because uh, i remember when we were doing the tier talks we were talking about dalsim and one of his unexpected strengths is the trajectory of his fireball which really messes you up and i mean lucia can choose on the fly to mess up uh mess up your game plan with her fireballs i mean when i played against rotbuzz honda i would start around by doing light fireball because he would react to that and do uh, the sumo headbutt. And then my fireball would land on his head, so I would get a trade that was fine. I was like, okay, good, nice. (laughs) And I would just keep doing stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes I would do an EX and he would react, and then, like, before he even reached me, it would bounce on him, and I would get a jump in that would actually combo because the EX one stays on him. And she has so many different things with that because uh, the light one goes, like... In a mini version of Dawson's trajectory, it goes upwards and drops right in front of you. And her medium one goes almost like a regular fireball, but a slight upwards arc, so it doesn't actually trade with normal fireballs, it flies over them. And then her third one goes at a slight like downwards angle, so it'll hit you at your toes if you're at like 80% of the screen. But even then, if you do the light version that goes upwards, you can still kick it again and throw it like so it goes like a regular fireball. So she does all this stuff with fireballs. It's just amazing. And I know, like, talking about how cool someone's fireballs are in Street Fighter V seems like a very, like, setting yourself up for failure. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, these move in such interesting ways, and they have so much interesting applications that I'm totally in love with them. And, of course, that's not all of it. I mean, she has a lot of other stuff. Her standing medium punch is amazing. It's probably her main tool. It's like Uh, Alex is better.
2: before we actually go into that, I do want to ask you... um, I'm hearing that she is a candidate for a top tier character in this game, and uh, for for my own record here, I'm I'm definitely not ready to go that far just yet. I definitely think she's good, and I can see her being the early on favorite for the best of the three new characters that we're going to talk about here. Um, but how do you feel about the character? What are you seeing in your circles?
3: I was zoning a Dalson. I mean wow. i I think she's <laughs> wow. I think she's the best of the three for sure. Uh, I mean, the Dawson didn't know what to do because he's used to his fireball messing you up. And then my fireball was messing him up, you know, it's was teleporting. And my fireball would hit him in the teleport.
0: What's going it covers on? so much of the screen at that weird angle. The way she can trap you with it, especially with Ex, if she has you cornered. I mean, when yeah. you think Guile's scary in the corner, I'm I'm really afraid to find out what happens here because she's like a faster Dalsum with different angles and and oh my gosh! And then it traps you into fifty fifty setup. She's got that run forward. She's got great anti airs. A confirmable. Uh, um, a confirmable low forward, I should say. Uh yes. she's just all over the place. It seems like it's it is early and people you know, we we thought Vega was gonna be good in season two or three or whatever, right? Because of what we saw early on. But I think of like Momochi getting his hands on this character, for instance. And it's just like, uh, it's going to be scary. She's going to be like a better. Funny
2: that you should mention that because I actually watched a bunch of Momochi playing this character. Of course. And uh, yeah, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I, I do want to turn it back over to Nick here before we get too far into the rabbit hole. But Nick, like you are outlining some more of her, her tools. Uh, go ahead and, and go for that.
3: Sure. Uh, so standing meteor punch is like a main tool uh, for me. It's like Alex's, but better. It might have slightly less range, but it's a 5-frame move. It's plus 3 on block, plus 7 on hit, so you can basically go to anything from it, even into heavies, you know? So you can mm-hmm. get a lot... You have to be at certain ranges. You, I think this is a character where you need to be very spatially aware, because, like, her fireballs... That's actually one thing that's interesting, is when you want to do max combos with a character, you always have to have super confirms, right? Especially post stun. And Lucia actually has fairly few options that lead to super, She has uh, like eight special moves or something, she has tons, but very few of them can actually cancel into super. So you need to be very aware of that and find actual combos that will give you super. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the thing with uh, being spatially aware because one of her moves that goes to the uh, super is her fireball, but actually getting the fireball in a combo is kind of difficult because uh, you'll be knocked back so far by your normals. So it'll be uh, hard to be in the right range unless you have something that brings you closer, which is why I've been using V-Trigger 2. I do think V-Trigger 1 is probably better, but V-Trigger 2 pulls you close to them, and it's cancelable uh, from V-Skill. So you can do like an extended combo into V-Skill, you'll do the V-Trigger 2 move, then you get to do the medium fireball right after into super. Something like that.
1: Yeah, actually, just to jump in really quickly, that's another interesting uh, interesting thing about this character is that she has combos that go straight into V-Skill, right? So she's using her V-Skill and her bread and butter stuff, which is usually something that we also see with top-tier characters because they're doing their BNB stuff and then they're building V-Trigger at the same time. And obviously with V-Trigger, you know, a lot of times top tiers have really good V-Triggers and you don't want them to build that. But they have ways to do that just with their bread and butter stuff instead of, you know, just having to get hit in order to get it. So I think that's another really good quality about that character is that she has bread and butter combos and things that go right into her V-Skill. And it's it's like a useful V-Skill and it also combos and builds her gauge as well.
3: Absolutely. That was one of the first things I said when I was trying her out. I was like, oh my God, this character has a useful V-Skill. Uh... And in combo specifically, because it's not the type of v you can throw out in neutral, which I think is definitely a good thing, because it gives her a certain area where she can build V-bar without taking damage, but she can't do it for free. She still needs to get a hit to do it, which I think is fine, Mm -hmm. but it's strong.
2: Yeah, just to outline a couple of her uh, other tools here um Nick mentioned her stand medium punch like on top of that it frame traps into itself you can do two stand medium punches and if you try to blow it up with a three frame normal you're going to lose Yo, tell, uh, the, uh,
0: tell them the frame that on her medium punch
2: oh uh yeah Nick already did it he said yeah. plus oh, okay. seven yeah. yeah and it just it's insane like and it so it goes right into all of her crouching normals um uh crouching medium normals like can combo from it and I, I should actually since Raptor brought that up I will actually very quickly compare that to cammy cammy's normals are infamous for being pretty much brain dead like do them over and over again and, and like just easy link and other stuff like that but i actually feel like like lucia's um, normals are not as bad as cammy's because they seem to push the opponent out a little bit more they have less range and they seem to have more pushback and also it seems like lucia can't get in as easily as cammy can now i see that with like maybe an asterisk on there like i have not seen all the fireball setups to get in i'm watching people kind of get in with the character uh all of her specials are pretty much unsafe and i don't mean like just negative two i mean like most of them are negative four or worse and so this is a character that can like kind of blow herself up by getting in so much and i'm seeing a lot of people do not punish the stuff that she has there like this is a character i feel like the the scales are very heavily tilted towards um beginning players are going to do very well with her but once like people lab this character and they're going to because i think she's really good uh, i think she's going to fall down the tier charts a little bit from what people expect
3: Yeah, I think she's a bit overrated at the moment, but I definitely think she's strong. I think she's a top 10 candidate, and I think top 15 is almost a certainty, honestly, Mm. because I think she feels really good. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up, like one bad thing and one good thing about the standing medium punch frame trap you were talking about is that if you do standing medium punch twice... Uh, and they block both, they're probably going to press a button afterwards. So what I usually do is I go for crouching medium kick, which will whiff if they don't press anything. But if they do press something, I will get a crouching medium kick hit, and I can confirm that into special.
2: Yes. But the bad
3: part is if I do standing medium punch blocked, and I hit the second one, I can't really do anything from there because my crouching medium kick won't reach...
2: Yeah, and that's where I feel like she's actually much better designed than someone like Cammy. It's like, well, Cammy like, her pressure never stops. Like, when she's in and it's like, okay, thanks, Capcom. Like, she can just sit there and hit buttons all day long. With Lucia, it's like, okay, there's some clear gaps and some clear counters to her stuff. And, again, um, she's having to hit confirm it at that point, right, like you're talking about. It's like she's not getting it from, from linked normals all day long. And it just it feels like, to me, she feels a lot like a more thoughtful Cammy. Obviously, with a fireball thrown in there, but, like, just kind of how she plays. And I'm like, hey, I'm good with that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I'll also mention that she has an EX Reversal DP that is fully invincible from frame one. Uh, oh, yeah. She has a three-frame normal, which we've talked about. Um, she's got the other normals and all that. Like, And she, this is a character who hits decently hard. Her combos can go on for a long time if she gets the right opening. Um, but I will say that opening someone up in neutral doesn't necessarily mean big damage. She actually has to be pretty close to someone to score that damage, uh, unless she has resources to kind of like go. And even then, it, it, it doesn't seem like she's getting that big damage from neutral. She's getting that big damage from knocking you down in neutral, or getting Oki pressure, or something like that, and that's when she's getting it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, for example, uh, her uh, crouching medium pun- uh, Sorry, uh, Crouching Light Punch, which is her free frame, I believe, uh, I think it's the Crouching... Yeah, Crouching Light Punch. Um, the only thing you get from that is another Crouching Light Punch. And special-wise, I haven't experimented entirely, but the best thing I found was going straight into V-Skill, which is where the V-Trigger 2 I was using came in handy, because then I could actually go all the way into Super from a Crouching Light Punch, which was great. Um, and uh, as for her GP... Uh, Her regular ones are actually also fully crush-counterable if you manage to mess them up somehow, because they have anti-air invulnerability, they're made for anti-airing, but they have no other form of invulnerability, so you can't do them on Wake Up unless it's the EX one. I mean, you can, but it's probably not a good idea.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Nick, actually, uh, on that note of her anti-airs, is there a good anti-air button for her? Because that's one thing I didn't see in all the match footage that, that I watched.
3: I haven't had a reason to look for one, because the DP covers a lot.
2: Okay. And, and that's an interesting point because uh, Joey. Oh, actually, sorry.
3: Of, oh. Uh, sorry, I remembered. I actually did use her standing jab. I know people hate jab anti airs. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> that, actually, that actually worked okay versus Honda. But I mean, it might just be situational. I'm not going to say it's a good anti air, but it worked when I was using it at that time. Yeah.
2: And John, Velociraptor, you can speak really well to this, like having Nikali's like really fast normals for anti-airs versus having to do a DP, you know how much that changes the dynamic here in Street Fighter V. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for our listeners who may not know the difference of a normal versus a DP for anti-air?
0: Sure. Well, so a DP is going to require that you're a little bit quicker, um, usually because, um, not because they're necessarily slower. A lot of times DPs will have um, invincibility uh, fairly early on in the process. Um, but with a normal, you're not going to have as much invincibility, and so you kind of have to be faster to the button, usually. Um, and uh, But like with Nikali the situation was, uh, and, and I think this is more what you're getting at, that he was one of the uh, the big perpetrators when it came to like jab anti-airs. And the jab is three frames, and it had this amazing hitbox that seemed to cover not only in front of him, but also above his head and somewhat behind his head. And so if you jumped <laughs> in his reaction speed only needed to be within three frames and, uh, and he would just whap you out of the air really quickly no matter what you were doing and then you would be at disadvantage because you'd land right next to him, he could dash under you and such. And a lot of characters have that kind of a thing. Birdies is still extremely good. G with a crouching heavy punch is pretty damn good um, because of the, the hitbox. And then we talked about Honda's standing heavy punch being pretty good too. So um, yeah, it, it, it takes a little more finesse to usually. To be good with uh, anti-air normals because the timing, uh, like with an anti-air DP, as long as it's not going to whiff because of like the character being right above your head, you uh, you usually, as long as you get it out in time, it's going to hit. But with uh, normals, you have to have a little bit more precision to make sure that the uh, the particular spot on the normal is like like the the sweet spot is where it's it's hitting as they're coming in at you. And um and so yeah, when you say that she has something like an anti-air jab, that's terrifying because Street Fighter V was riddled with those and it was really detracting from the, the experience, especially earlier on. And they've nerfed anti-air jabs a handful of times. Somehow they're still a little bit around, but it's not to the point where it's really making anybody's, uh, you know, like super pissed off at the game.
2: Yeah. And if Lucia is actually heavily based around using her, her DPs for anti-airs, she might be very susceptible and neutral to being jumped in on. Like if she does not have a good normal uh, for that, like, you know, reaction times being what they are, it's like, I'm looking at her light, you know, hurricane upkick right now It's seven frames. But again, you've got to do the DP motion. That's a couple of extra frames that you're putting in there, you know, versus hitting a button. Right. And and it's just much easier to react with a single button press than it is to do a DP motion or not always ready to do it. So it might be a little bit of a weakness there, but we're kind of, you know, we're kind of looking for it. But uh, I I will also mention of the, the Lucia players I watched, um, they were constantly getting in with her. I did not see practically anyone zoning at all. Nick is the exception there. I did not watch his footage, but uh, um, and to me, it seems like she can struggle to get in, especially against solid zoners, um, which, they're, again, they're not a lot of in this game, but they do exist. Um, with their specials all being unsafe and, and all that kind of stuff, like I can just kind of see some, some flaws in her game. I'm not saying there are a lot of flaws there, but I'm, I'm starting to see some. And then the last flaw that I have here is actually I do not see a Nick you can please correct me if I'm wrong here any just do it moves from her where she just kind of throws out a move It's pretty much safe. She uses it to get in. Um, I know it's one of her EX moves is like negative two um, But it it doesn't seem to leave her at a great range to just kind of blow someone up Uh, But Nick are are you are John or or anyone else? Are you guys seeing any kind of just do it's from
3: her? Um, I I mean It's not a forward-moving just-do-it, and I think it might end up being easily punishable, but I think you can space her Fire Spinner. That's her Quarter shackle but it kind of looks like Viper's old Burn Kick, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that one works pretty well, because what I was doing a lot against Roth, was I would do the Crouching uh, Medium Kick to that, and if it hit, I would do it again, and I would do it again, and I would do it again until he blocked it. (laughs) Uh, And then when he blocked it, uh, I told him it was minus four, and I mm-hmm. think he tried to punish it, but he never actually got a punish for it. Um, okay. That doesn't mean it can't be punished, you know, but it is minus four. I actually think the range it, like, leaves you at seems pretty fine. She might actually be kind of safe there against some characters. Not Sakura, obviously, like, nobody is. But, you know, I think I think that might work in some matchups. Uh, and that's also the one you were talking about that was minus two, but it's EX for it to be gotcha. minus two, so...
2: Yeah, while watching the character, I did see a number of combo drops with her, um, it makes me think that there's a bit to play this character, and that may not hold up long term, you know, it's a brand new character a lot of people might be dropping stuff they're not ever going to drop later on, but but Nick, do you feel like, I think you mentioned this earlier, like she's reasonably technical, not highly technical, but she takes a bit to play.
3: Yeah, I think the technical bit is going to come from balancing her zoning game and her rushdown game, because I think it's important to have both I think she's going to end up being like a less technical Seku, kind of. But you're also not telegraphing what you're doing with her. And I also think a big part of her gameplay, which doesn't have to be technical, but it's going to be very difficult for some players and very easy for some players, is that I think she's going to be very ad-lib heavy. Like someone like Jacko from Guilty Gear, where, you know... She has, like, servants that come in and attack the opponent, and you have to watch, like, oh, when did they attack? Which way do I need to jump? A much simpler version of that, because, like, oh, where did my fireball hit? Which situation was this? And you have to kind of do stuff on the fly. I think that's going to be a big part of playing her.
2: Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's... I, I see enough flaws with the character and I just it feels like there's a little bit of a hype train coming in and I remember like with Dudley and Street Fighter 4 and then Cody in Street Fighter 4 people like oh, these characters are so scrub friendly and they're going to be amazing and all that kind of stuff. Well Dudley was not scrub f- friendly at all. He was a highly technical and difficult to play character. Um, Cody ended up in you know an okay spot in the game but he wasn't that great. Uh, I know Momochi like one with him and he was like the only person to do that like you, you have to temper the hype train a little bit as we're going and I, I think all of us have done on that here but just when you're seeing stuff on social media and all that like you know keep in mind it's coming from a point of like i think this is what's going to happen uh, a lot is going to be written and said about this later on in the future so yeah mm-hmm so moving along here, uh, we're going to save the best for last in my opinion, because if you have seen her costumes, uh, ESPN is freaking out right now about like <laughs> some of her costumes that are out there and they are insane, but we have poison, uh, Steven, our, our tech expert here. Um, I, I, what are you seeing with this character so far besides her, uh, assets, we'll call them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I managed to get past the character select screen and her costume somehow, and actually, you know, found time to play her. Um. It's funny because, you know, when, when Capcom released the trailers for these characters, uh, I, I looked them over, like, after all the, the chaos and everything of, of, you know, that week I passed, I was able to sit down and really, you know, process what I was seeing. And I looked at the three characters, and Poison was the one that spoke to me the most. And I even told the guys, I texted them, like, Hey, you know, I think Poison's going to be a pretty technical character. har ha! I always play the most technical characters, right? Um, and so I think that actually stands pretty pretty strong still. Uh, when you jump into battle with Poison, um, she has a lot of things that are she doesn't have too much just do it so she she's got a lot of things you have to be very specific with and um she's uh she, her ceiling is, seems to be pretty high and there's also a pretty steep learning curve to her um because you know there's a lot of uh, she she plays very slippery uh and uh, one of the big things that I, I really like about this character, and one of the things that spoke to me originally, you know, when I first saw her, was um, she can cancel her whip special move, the the heart raid. Uh, it's a quarter circle back with punch. She can cancel that by pressing the kick button afterward, uh, and she can actually hold the charge for it, uh, and just kind of like she'll go into this stance, and then she, you can dash forward and back, and she can she can do that pretty much as long as you want to do it until you cancel it or until you until you uh, let it rock, and it makes for a lot of interesting situations of like she can you know bait opponents to jump she can you know uh, use it to cancel normals and, and get bigger combos from it which is something I'm, I'm a really big fan of doing uh, yeah um,
2: actually in the set yesterday with with Raptor and uh, Dream King playing um, uh, uh, Raptor actually tried to super it with Honda the moment that he saw it come out and uh, Steven mm-hmm. was actually able to cancel it in time and block the super so it looks set. like Honda super is a nine frames so it's not super fast for a super but still that is that's quick it's quick that you can mm-hmm. see stuff coming and like oh yeah I'm I'm out of that so
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I can't wait to see some of the highly technical players really kind of jump in with this character, because there's a lot to her. Uh, And especially with those cancels, it's going to be, you know, uh, man, this character, I kind of have a feeling somebody like Sako is going to jump in and start playing her, which I would love to see, because again, once you start doing those cancels up close, she can get some pretty crazy combos going uh, which is surprising because you know she seems like a character that wants to fight you know at a distance uh, and she does but she can also go in and then once she's in she's got some pretty oppressive normals um like something like uh, standing medium punch, I think it's like plus three on block. Uh, it's a really good button. Frame traps into itself. I think uh, crouching medium punch into standing medium punch is a frame trap as well. She's got all kinds of little things that she can do there. Uh, and hey, then hey, standing if you're
2: going to and... talk about crouching medium punch, you need to mention the anti-air. Hold on, I'm getting no, no, there, no worry, you're, I'm you're getting getting there. talking about it right now. It. Damn
1: it! Okay, no, <laughs> so crouching medium punch uh, is a really, really, really good anti-air. Uh, it's it stops stuff, uh, pretty much everything up close, I feel like. Uh, it's it's really good to stop like neutral jumps and for jump-ins, things like that. Uh, it's it's fast, It the, the hitbox is really good. Uh, and plus you can move pretty quickly afterwards, so you can get a good mix-up going or you can get a meaty button. Uh, there's a lot to that button there as an anti-air. Uh, from further out, I think the only real weakness with that button is that from further out, it can be kind of sketchy to hit it. It still works, but there's times where you get, you know, a trade or you get beat clean. Uh, but I think to cover that, she has her upkick, uh, her light upkick, which is, uh, you know, she can uh, juggle that, I think, to a super as well. Um, so she has anti-air options, but crouching medium punch is really good. Uh, I, I love that button. I need
2: you yeah. to compare that to, we have Balrog and Kami level, and then we have Birdie mm-hmm. level. Which mm-hmm. category does it fall into? Because those are extremely good anti-airs.
1: Oh uh, man, it's, it's probably birdie level, honestly. Uh, it's, it's really good. Again, the, the biggest weakness is from further out, but I don't think I've lost with that button you know, it, at a reasonable range at all. I mean, I, I was beating Honda's jumping heavy punch for free all day, and it's it's really good. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So just
2: to put that in context, this is a mid-range control character uh, who has some good rushdown too, who has among the best anti-air button in the entire game. Because that is Birdie, who has some of the best anti-air options in the entire game. It's I love that Nash gift that you guys like you know, send out there and whatnot. Yeah. and it's like it, it's like this character could be very scary. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And she does have big drawbacks as well, though, uh, which I will get into. Um, the biggest one I think that people are probably talking about is uh, her whip moves uh, have hurt boxes. So. Standing Heavy Punch, Crouching Heavy Punch, which has a ton of range, I believe it outranges like Monat Standing Heavy Punch, uh, and her whip special moves all have hurt boxes. So it's it's tricky because, you know, you're trying to play at that, you know, ranged game and you're trying to space the opponent out. But if they have a big button, say, just for comparison's sake, like Honda Standing Heavy Punch, if he's outside that range, he's going to tag you and he can beat it clean uh, I did some testing first thing and I went in with G and I just stood outside the range and I was crush countering it every time. I mean, it's 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 like Falk pr- pretty much, um, which I kind of have issue with right now, but I still want to see how the character plays out. But it's like the thing that frustrates me is that it's, it's, you know, you have a character that's designed to play this game. She's designed to play at a range, but then you have characters who, you know, have bet- really good normals that can just beat it out clean. And it's like, well... How do you expect people to play the zoning game if you know you can hang back with, say, Akuma and do crouching heavy punch from you know that range and just beat it out clean? Like, what's? I can understand that from normal attacks, but her whip special moves—it's like why? Why do those have hurt boxes? It doesn't make sense to me because I liken it to something like Zeku slash kicks, uh, which is more of a projectile. It's like why doesn't it work that way? If you're having a character that's designed to play zoning, why can't she get beat at that range by characters who just hit? heavy buttons and I'm sure you know Dawson players are pretty pissed at me right now but it's like I would like to see more of that you know again for characters with with weapons things like that we need more zoning characters in this game. Like zoning needs to be more of a thing. So I really would like to see that change somehow. Um, uh, but I it's might, still early. I might have an answer
2: yeah. here for you. Now, most mm-hmm. of her special move whip attacks do about a hundred damage on average, and this is just mm-hmm. on their own when they're not canceled from a button. And mm-hmm. to give uh, people an idea who have not played Poison a lot, her stand heavy punch is like Vega's stand heavy punch on steroids, and that is the stand heavy punch where Vega you know swipes his claw at you. And he can, you know, stance cancel and go into whatever. Well, Poisons has, I think, maybe double or triple the range. And it covers, like, the the hitbox on it is insane. Uh, And then she cancels into that from all of her whip attacks. I think she has six normal uh special whip attacks and then like two ex versions or no um she has like four ex versions or something like that um Mm -hmm. highly technical character and so each one of these is doing about 100 damage on average and then if you spend ex meter you're actually getting a frame trap version uh for her stand Mm -hmm. medium punch which like you're up close to her and like she's hitting stand medium punch if you do anything and she's blowing you up for it so it's like she's a she's a mid-range zoning character, but she's a lot like the other zoning characters in this game where she can also pressure you like crazy once she wants to, right? And mm-hmm. and we haven't even started talking about stuff like her command grab because like we've barely explored it because like she has so many options here and we're kinda going crazy. It's like, okay, where do you start with poison? Uh it's funny because I played the character a good bit and then Dream King played her um and uh he had a completely different take on the character than I would have. I'm like, wow, you're playing her like in a completely different style than I would even like thought to. Uh, But but John Raptor you actually played uh, Steven quite a bit his poison like how did you feel? Going up against this character like how did she make you feel?
0: Um, I like She's the kind of character with a whip like that 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 could very easily be a little too OP if it was um, like I can see that kind of character design in an older fighting game and it just being ridiculous, but I think, again, a theme that we're seeing emerge with these three new characters is that Capcom has been doing a very good job of kind of keeping in check the allowances that they grant them. And while Poison certainly has uh, advantages, I think she has clear drawbacks. And again, all of this with a big grain of salt, we don't know where things are going to settle yet. And I can't stress that enough, which is why I keep bringing it up. But she does seem like... Um, like, so I'm playing her as Honda and I've played Stevens and I've played uh, my friend Moss. We played a handful of games last night and he's just learning the character as well. And she definitely has some advantage in the neutral, but it's not for free. It's not that she can just constantly just hit like the standing heavy punch and it just whips out really quickly. And it it completely covers the horizontal. And then if you jump, she anti airs you and that's it. And I think that even in Street Fighter 4, it felt poison was closer to something like that. She still has to be, have intent with her movements, as far as I can tell so far. And she's got a cool, like, uh, revolving list of different moves where she can, you know, like, like do an Indiana Jones swing with her whip and, and come mm-hmm. in close to you, and then do a little hop after she's hit you out of the air from the air and then she does like another air hit which is kind of goofy and wonky and i don't know how i feel about it but it is what it is and it hasn't been a huge problem thus far so it's fine i just i'm i'm suspicious of it um, but then she has her flip and then the molotov is a cool not only is it cool because it goes along with kind of poison she's got this fiery and in new york City, sort of, of theme where you might see if there's like a riot going on or something, someone throw a Molotov cocktail. She's part of like that Mad oh Gear gosh. feel right <laughs> kind of gang. No, it's just that she was from New,
2: New Yorkers are rioters who throw fireballs. No, no, you know, no, no, no. And it's actually, it's Excuse City.
0: Excuse me, it's, it's Metro, Metro City. City. <laughs> it's Metro <But> City, <laughs> okay. But even the, even the uh, what's her name? The, um, I don't know her name, but the uh, voice actress from uh, that did Lucia. She's like she's a New Yorker, and it's like we all get it. She's like got that Boston accent, sort of whatever. But the whole Metro City is supposed to be, you know, New York or Detroit or something, something where it's like, you know, you, you gotta you gotta fight on the streets to survive, and that's very much poison. So the the Molotov very much goes with that. I think they've captured her uh, her unique essence, sort of personality, very well through both of her appearance and her moves, although. Uh, we don't have to talk too much about the appearance, especially in certain costumes, because Nick's going to lose his mind. Oh, but hey, we
2: could talk about <laughs> that all
0: day. I'm good with this. Nick, hey. We might <laughs> have to, yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll get that in a second. But overall, um, I, I don't feel, I've had a very small sampling of her, but I don't feel like she's super OP. Now, I'm I'm, I'm sure that there are situations where, like maybe her EX whip, where, the, where she kind of like sucks you in with it. She does like a, a couple of hits, but it sucks you in close and then I think she's like plus two. So she gets this automatic sort of mix up afterwards if that leads into something really good and she can do it all the time and she's really efficient at building meter then maybe she kind of shoots up the tier list in some weird way but right now there's nothing that's that's like obviously apparent that's going to make her broken Um, but at the same time she doesn't feel super weak Uh, there's a lot to explore and she does seem a bit technical with all the different kind of odd movements that she can make uh, she does She does feel a little bit technical. So that's kind of coming from uh, an early analysis of the other side of the coin, not playing her, but playing against her. That's how she she feels right now.
2: And I just wanted to chime in on the, the technical stuff and then we should turn it over to Nick here and, and hear what he has to say, if he doesn't mind, of course. Uh, he's <laughs> nah, had sure. some polaristic polarizing thoughts here about te- uh, Poison. But uh, in terms of technical stuff, I, I'm having a difficult time placing if she is a top five technical character in this game or maybe even number one overall right now and taking it over Monat. And I'm not even joking. Well, Steven um, plays her, so she's the most technical exactly. character. Exactly. <laughs> <game. laughs> <laughs> Easily number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is actually a crazy character. She, of all three characters, this is my favorite by far. I love the way she plays. Um, she is so interesting in how many options she has to explore and what she can do. And again, I mean, we're talking about like Vichiker 2 being a command grab. You can combo into and like we we haven't even really touched on that yet and it could be really dominant and strong because she has so many freaking options to go with and like so many things to do like we just mentioned like four ex versions of her whip attacks it's like who has that or maybe it's six actually that she has it's ridiculous so so there it is Mm -hmm. yeah um steven how are you feeling about uh her her technical ability actually like again we joke you know about that but like if you had to rate her right now like where do you think she's going to end up where do you think she's going to be
1: Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, just based on the, you know, the amount of different options she has and the way that you have to play her. Again, you, you really get the the feeling of threading, threading the needle when you play her. I don't know if I want to call her more technical than Monat yet. Uh, I would probably put her maybe right underneath Minot for now. Um, there's a lot to explore with this character, and and actually I think that right now she's the worst of the three newcomers just because of the fact that she's so technical. Uh, there's a lot to learn with this character. There's a lot of crazy things she can do, um, and I'm seeing potential in a lot of her stuff, uh, specifically something like V-Trigger 1, which I'm kind of like... I wonder how devastating that's going to be once people learn the proper, you know, the optimized setups and things like that, because it can tack on damage really quickly. Uh, it's it's very similar for those who don't know, uh, very similar to something like Dalsum's retrigger one, where he throws a flame carpet on the ground. Uh, the Molotov can be used to uh, to juggle and continue combos that wouldn't normally work, and then also after it hits, it creates a, a flame carpet essentially where it's at. And it, you know, it causes um chip damage and grey health uh against, against the opponent if they're near it. Uh so if you get somebody cornered and you start doing juggles and you keep them in that pit for a little bit, that damage is, is just, you know, stacking up. And then you open them up again, you get two throws of the Molotov and two different ranges you can throw them, one up close and one further away. There's a lot of damage to be had there. And for me, I was that was the only V trigger that I really tried out. Um because it was just, it seemed, I personally, when I saw her V-Trigger 2 or throw V-Trigger, that got me really happy because I'm, you know, I play G, something I'm, I feel like I'm good with, so I wanted to use that for Poison, but V-Trigger 1 seemed more easily accessible to me, so I used that one. And just looking at the things it can do, I think that once we start seeing people really get involved with this character, it's going to be pretty scary um one of the things just I- two things on that actually nope, nope. is
2: uh, uh her her command throne v two is like super scroll and marvel three actually <laughs> yeah. she has a ranged one she has an up close one and the range one yeah it will just grab you there's like a little delay on it maybe uh it's just it's crazy and then mm-hmm. to compare her uh molotov cocktail one uh, how it burns your life away think of akuma's red fireball how that like melts your health as he does a combo with it but like maybe make it last like three times longer. And that sucker, like, I swear, I'm like, I'm looking at it and going, like, in certain situations, it almost feels like too strong right now. And I that's, like, damn it, that can't be the case yet. I can't call something too strong at this moment. But, like, watching my health go down and just get obliterated from standing in the corner is insane. And and it's just, like, you know, poison just sitting there whipping away at you from mid range. It's like, I can't do anything. What am I supposed to do right now except for die? And it's like, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I do want
1: to point out, uh, considering that V Trigger 1 seems really strong, uh, she does have a really major weakness, in, and that's her defense. Um, mm-hmm. To my knowledge, I don't believe she has a three frame normal. Uh, she doesn't. Uh, she does actually. Does it's she... A standing,
2: okay. Yeah, it's standing light punch.
1: Okay, so at least she has that. But I will say that she doesn't have any kind of EX reversals, uh, and her super, the startup, is actually considerably slow. I think it's like 1 plus 12 or whatever. Uh, I tried to punish that as a wake-up reversal. I tried to use it as a wake-up reversal option. It, it doesn't work that well, unless the opponent commits to a really big button. Uh, I think I was using it against Honda uh, Raptor. You did, like, crouching medium kick or crouching light kick, one of those buttons, uh, and I, I felt pretty confident that I was going to tag you with it, and you blocked it clean, and you punished me. Um, I was testing it as well against, like, um, like uh, not standing heavy punch. I was blocking it at all ranges. Does not punish it on block. Yeah. Uh, it's it's considerably slower, and so you don't really have that option. So you, again, it's going to be one of those characters where get used to holding down back and using V reversal. Um, fortunately for her, both of her V triggers are only two bars, so you do have the option to use both of them, and you can use uh, V reversals pretty freely. Um, but it's again, it's it's one of those things where it's like her defense, her defense is is pretty suspect it, it seems pretty weak right now um and i wonder how much those really big strengths are gonna you know kind of balance that out uh so I, when i look at some of my feature going i'm like okay that does seem really really good but i'm also looking at her other things the, the other major flaws that she does have that might in turn balance everything out so all
2: right so speaking of poison looking weak and you know maybe getting changed up here nick what are you seeing with the character?
1: <laughs>
3: All right, so uh, I mean, I think it's been documented fairly well in this podcast how much Cody n- destroyed me mentally in this game. Like, I was just so sad about him. Poison was like that times two when the reveal first came. I was completely devastated. Here, I think she looked visually okay. Not talking about the moveset. I think visually she looked absolutely terrible, terrible. Like, I, I was disgusted to be frank. Um, She looks way better in-game. I will say that. I still think her default costume looks bad. I mean, her hair is super weird. I think she looks like she has clown makeup on. She just looks (laughs) strange. But she has a lot of costumes that make her look fine. Again, in motion, in-game, she looks fine. I think, uh, what is the story costume where she looks like a... I mean, she's a wrestling promoter, right? And she looks like one uh, in that one. I think that one's great. Like the dress with the glasses, that looks... Fantastic. But even then, like, her moveset is completely changed, which just makes me sad because I used to play her a lot in 4. Uh, so, you know, as a character, she's just not doing anything for me. If she has a moveset that other people get upset about, great. But I also, like, I I really don't understand why you would take a character like Poison of all characters who has a literal palette swap in story and just change her moveset entirely instead of just bringing Roxy in with the new mm-hmm. moveset if you want to do that it just makes no sense to me because poison is a quite popular character so just changing everything about her just I don't get it it's just it just makes no sense at all to me
2: you know i mean that's kind of the same thing they did with like rose and monat and a few other characters right it's like they brought in a brand new character um instead of like changing around rose and making her not rose right and that's i think it damn that's a really damn good point that i you know, they probably should have done so
3: yeah but but i mean again i think she looks fine in the game, as long as it's not her default costume. I think she looks fine. (laughs) And her animations aren't wonky. I mean, she has some cool moves. I just feel like, for me, it didn't feel that creative. I mean, sure, the Molotov is creative, but like the whip and stuff. I mean, I've played King of Fighters. I've seen whip 20 years ago. I mean, this isn't new to me, right? (laughs) So I I wasn't really amazed with anything she was doing. But um, I'm definitely more like, I wouldn't say excited because I'm definitely not excited, but I'm more okay with her than I was at the initial reveal because that one really, really bad to me. Um, I think, so like, it, 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 so if, if I were to play her, which is extremely doubtful, like, <laughs> almost 0% chance, I would definitely use the story costume because that one is really good. So, Nick, I I do have to ask
2: you, have you seen her summer costume, and then have you seen her wind pose in that? And just for people who have not seen it, like, I was playing Steven, and he was using that, and I was, like, wanting to cover up my monitor.
3: I'm like, oh, my God.
2: (laughs) It takes Um, a lot for me to do that because it is – it's out of control. It is – yeah, I don't. He I he don't remember which one is her,
3: her summer costume. Uh, which one is that? I've seen them uh, all, but I don't remember which one that is. It's
2: a bikini outfit, and she has got okay. uh,
3: curves in all the right places, and yeah. she's
2: she's lacking nothing for for looks. Like it's she's a wow like i i have not seen the
3: win post for it no oh
2: yeah you're you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to like look at it once and be like i can't ever look at this again because it's just pretty much like (laughs) yeah it's it's out of freaking control but but back (laughs) up here you'll notice that like when we were talking about all of her buttons and stuff like that i didn't mention uh we haven't really mentioned her crouching buttons and that's because she can't really cancel any of them into much of anything like her crouching medium kick that can go into super and it can be canceled in view trigger Mm -hmm. but she doesn't get anything else off of that um so what you're seeing with Poison players right now is that they get into neutral and they're just standing there pretty much the entire time. You almost never have to worry about blocking your feet unless it's from one of her whip attacks. And that's kind of how crazy this character is. It's like, uh, that's one of her big weaknesses there. Um, but man, I look at this character and I just, I feel like she's ripe with potential. Uh, Zoners have a really tough time in this game and they're either hit or miss, but I st- I feel like this character is going to be a hit. Um, like, uh, Steven is doing stuff like with her flip kick. And I'm like what the hell I'm like you're, you're pressuring me with a zoning character I'm like you should you can't do that like that's not possible to do and, and um, uh, watching him against Raptor with the uh, the Honda poison matchup like he's rushing down Honda all day long and keeping up pressure strings all up and down and, and John is just like clawing tooth and nail to get out of him and I'm like okay this is another kind of guile type character where I feel like the, the zoning is going to get really good and then the rushdown is already going to be really good And and so she's so technical there might be some stuff that Just like, you know, plops are on her, you know, beautiful behind but um, it, it is uh, this is a character that one I would be playing for sure if I did not have a not like I love how this character is done uh, hands down my favorite of the three like it is just it, she is such an interesting character that I'm glad Capcom added because we badly needed another mid-range like zoning character in this game uh, there's just too few of them uh, this game is too rush down heavy and all that kind of stuff so I'm, I was really happy to see her like overall uh, and then of course making a very creative character that we have not seen in a Street Fighter game before those whip attacks again she's got 50 of them basically and they all do different things and have different purposes it's like and they're hard to use like i have so much respect for what they've done i
3: would just like to interject on that like uh, we're talking a lot about poison's potential right and that's usually a sign that a character isn't gonna end up that good because usually you can see clearly what the good parts are instead of saying oh this might have potential i'm not saying she's gonna turn out bad i'm just saying like
1: Whenever I hear, hear the word
3: potential regarding a fighting game character, that's kind of a red flag for me.
2: I will just say, uh, how did it work out for Manat?
1: I was going to jump in and say that because I remember yeah. early on I said, Manat looks like a character. Once somebody. Well, really I, I, I would say she, she actually.
3: I mean, really the good. reason. I, I remember you saying this as well that the reason Manat became so good is because they added the move in season three. The orb explosion. That,
2: yes, it helped her a lot. Yes, and, and again, I, I do think that you're, um, we're talking about the exception instead of the rule. And Nick, you're right. Like, yeah. when you talk about a character's potential, uh, that's when it gets scary and then that's where the odds tilt. But I, I do feel like Poison, man, that whip damage, she's doing 100 damage on her zoning attacks. So it's like, it's not quite the same, but it's like having a fireball in this game that does 100 damage off of, you know, just a special attack, not even using EX. And that's scary. That's good. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah, I'm looking uh, and, forward and then, to seeing stuff from her. Yeah, and then some of her anti-air whips, like you could juggle with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen, like, do you remember the juggles left hand? Like you can do. I know you did a few of them, and it, they were like, oh, I was like, wow, like don't jump at this character <laughs> if she's ready for it. But, yeah,
1: yeah, the the big one I think is from the heavy punch whip. It's the the anti-air uh, air one. You can get a super, confirm easy super because she kind of hits you. She hits it. She hits at an angle, and it kind of brings you in close, which is also really cool because if you just use it as a raw anti-air. Uh, you actually bring the opponent close to you so you can start pressuring them from there. So if they're jumping in on you, it's not going to knock you away from poison. It's bringing you close. You start getting Oki okay from there, but you can easily confirm that into a super for free. So yep.
0: so would you guys, like, it, it sounds like we've talked about the three characters here and we've had pretty good responses through and through. So we've talked a lot about the state of Street Fighter Five and, and whatnot, and, and maybe not getting that far into it but just when it comes to these characters and how people are receiving them do you feel like capcom did a pretty damn good job of characters that are worth playing worth checking out at least at this early stage in their exploration um
3: i would say they did but i would also say given how long they made us wait without any communication they damn well better should have (laughs)
0: Sure, sure. And I I don't want to like that's that's its own kind of conversation. I I just want to talk about in the vacuum of the execution of these three characters, all of the other like, you know, kind of red tape and such aside. Do you think like these were successes and Capcom did a good job with these three? Yeah, yeah, it sounds like yes.
1: If if I'm completely ignoring everything surrounding it and you just, you know, I woke up today and these three characters were in the game, uh, I would be very happy with them. I think that they did a really good job with all these characters. The designs, the playstyles are unique. Uh, I, I really like them, uh, again, but as Nick was saying, kind of everything around that, it's like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's still some bad tastes, you know, in the mouth, but it's, you know, if you look at them just as, you know, a standalone thing, them in the game, I think they did a great job.
0: Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. I I will echo those sentiments as well. With the potential exception of of Lucia, like, I... I we have so many Rushdown characters in this game. She's a different type of Rushdown, and that's something I can appreciate, but we have so many of us, like them ad- adding another grappler at this point. I'm like... John, we gotta,
3: we gotta play later. We gotta play later. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: And, and so, that is, so that's the one character I'm skeptical of, but I, I think that overall, like, I consider this uh, a, a Grand Slam. Like, in terms of just characters, it's like, you added in styles and things that people needed in this game, and they were very much looking for, and, and you want to make sure your characters are different, unique, and they stand out on their own and all three of these characters all of us have gotten hype over we're discussing all the nuances and stuff of them that is a really good sign if we get in there and they, they falked someone up that's not good you know <laughs> and you never want that to happen and, and it, it, it whenever a, a character is released and there's a collective uh whatever that, that's terrible and that's not what has
3: happened here yeah mm-hmm. no definitely all
2: right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up for this segment. Steven, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to get back to the front page and get up more news and stuff like that, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on, man.
1: For sure. Thanks for having me, and I, I can't wait to continue telling you guys about how things are going uh, as I learn Poison. So,
0: There it is. A segment transition. This sounds like a good spot for Joe Monday to come in and do a, well, a spot hello hi joe monday here from our street fighter to tell you about rsf radio it's a podcast where i bring on some of the most influential people in the fgc that you might not know about see there's a lot of people that are kind of behind the scenes greasing the wheels making things work that you might not know about and i bring those people front and center to talk about what's been going on in the fgc on the day-to-day Anyway, folks, if you want to find RSF Radio, search r sf radio in whatever browser, I suppose, or bit.ly slash rsfradio. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right. We also had a little event called Evo this weekend. And uh, let's go ahead and kick this off with, with the, the big kind of discussion that's happening hmm. right now. And that would be the snake meme, whatever kind of stuff that they showed uh, the codec, you know, video. Uh, John, can you kind of run us through like what happened there and what you saw?
0: Okay, so apparently they were doing little, like, the Evo production team had these little, like, fun, I don't know, little quips or quirks for the live audience that they weren't really showing on the stream. I don't know what the examples of other ones for other games were. but I have um, an example.
3: Okay. Uh, When Chikorin lost, the Japanese player, he plays Geese. They did the thing from Fatal Fury where Geese falls off the tower (laughs) to his death.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So fun little things like that. Um, but this one, I believe it happened right after losers finals. So we were headed into grand finals and um, the, so, so the, the match ends and then the arena is randomly filled with this, um, the, the sound of like the phone ringing for the codec in metal gear solid to pop up. And uh, the, the screen goes black and then it pops up with this codec with solid snake and Harada talking to each other. And then uh, I don't, I don't know who it was. I think it's solid Snake snake says that was some good ass Tekken and of course uh, the, the we actually talked about it on best of five yesterday that some to a degree like Evo finals day has become for some people more about the reveals than it was watching um, you know the actual action now that's not necessarily true for everybody that's watching it Evo finals is still very much Evo finals but the point I'm trying to make is that people are expecting new reveals and such and Tekken absolutely got some reveals and they were a badass but this wasn't one of them and Solid Snake is one of those characters Characters that one—he's in Smash Bros. now. He's very beloved. Metal Gear Solid's very beloved. He's in—he's in the fighting game realm very prevalently as one of the absolute best characters in uh, Super Smash Bros., which is the biggest game. Um, and then Tekken themselves last year with uh, with getting Negan from Walking Dead in there and having Geese and having Noctis from Final Fantasy—they've kind of taken the lid off of what was previously thought of as like the limiters for what kind of guest characters you could have. So this all translated to holy crap, I think they might be adding Snake into Tekken. And it was only just this one quick spot. Um, and it was done, I think, primarily by the Evo uh, crew. The the announcers from from the stream side of things, when we were watching the stream, it was Markman and Eris, And Markman knew exactly what it was. I think he was, um, he, he knew what it was. I think he had a hand in it to some extent, but I don't know the exact amount. And Eris seemed pretty uh, perplexed by it. Like, that's weird, okay, whatever. To some people, it was just a funny little thing, but a lot of people were not happy about it because they felt teased and they felt like it was tasteless in the execution, the timing of it, right before grand finals at EVO Top 8. And it went as far as uh, his name, David Hayter, the voice of Snake, tweeted and said, um, well, well, I think EVO put out this um, apology, like, you know, we didn't mean to upset people. It was just for fun and whatnot. And David Hayter got pissed off a little bit and said, hey, uh, don't use my voice for, you know, to promote an entire other game without mine or Konami's permission, uh, thanks. And, and I think that has helped to, to fan flames. And it's, I mean, he's not outside of his, um, of his rights, you know, to say something like that. So it, it just kind of came as a tasteless sort of joke or a tease. I don't think that, um, like Harada was super into it. Uh, there was talk about whether or not it was actually Hater's voice that was used. And it turns out I'm, I'm hearing that it, it actually was. It was one of those, um, Those like little like like sometimes uh, uh, celebrities that do voiceovers will will do these little things where you can pay them a certain amount of money and they'll record little clips for you. And I think this was one of those little clips someone asked him to do. Can you do some good ass Tekken? And he did that and then they use that clip. Yes. uh, And we've actually seen who
3: it was that asked him or at least who it was that used it. Because uh, if you look at Markman's Twitter from way back in March, he had that clip up along with one that talked about uh, needing to use your Amazon Prime sub on Markman's stream. Mm -hmm. So that's probably also why Markman knew about it.
0: So all in all, just kind of, uh, not a great look. It didn't go over as they planned. Uh, I, 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 people are kind of upset about it, but I feel like it's not the most egregious error. It, It, you know, a little bit of a flub, but it didn't sink Tekken at Evo or anything like that. I don't think it wouldn't go that far, but I don't know. Maybe you guys are feeling differently about it.
3: I definitely don't think it sunk uh, Tekken at all. Um, I think more than the clip itself, it was kind of Harada and David Hayter being angry about it that turned it into a bigger thing. Uh, yes. I personally only read it as a joke. I, I read it the exact way they intended it. Funny joke. Haha, ha. Let's move on to Grand Finals. That said... I can't blame people that didn't read it the way that I did. Because as you were saying, EVO Grand Finals Day is ripe with announcements. So, you know, something like that can easily be misconstrued. Even though I didn't do it, that doesn't mean nobody should, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I I really feel like it's common in the FGC to to pile on when someone screws up. And and man, with social media, just kind of like going crazy on this stuff. And again, you guys mentioned, you know, Harada and Hater, like that really spurred things on. But I, I also felt like it's like, it was a joke guys like this was a, a troll like joke attempt and they were just having some fun with it it went too far they, they know they messed up but it's like you know jokes sometimes don't pan out it wasn't like they were trying to be like i don't think their their intentions were, were evil you know here is no, that de- definitely it, not and so i mean we know the people behind the evo thing they, they run a great event uh mark man is just like this phenomenal dude uh the, the evo staff is great too and it's just like it was a mess up like kind of move on from it guys like we don't want to be and I know it's a, a huge issue with social media like piling on to right but we don't want to be that people like like oh you messed up once like we're never going to let you forget about it you know type thing <laughs> and yeah. core values comes up and all that type of stuff. I know I get it but move on from it guys like it's not
0: that big of a deal. Yeah. And I, if anything, like, I know it's fun to talk about the juicy thing that went wrong and, oh, we can throw some shade at, it's not even a Tekken, it's at Evo, because I don't think that the Tekken guys were, were super on board with this. But when it comes to Tekken in general, I think it's more fun to talk about what was revealed and the results than it was to talk about the snake thing. Because oh, definitely. N- Hot damn Leroy Smith. He's badass. <laughs> he looks really cool. I think like I think the point
3: of his trailer, like first they have this text, and then they show like what looks like you might think it's Wang, like this returning character, and then you just like get thrown for a complete loop when it's a completely different character. You already forgot about the text explaining his backstory. And then you see him. So I think in some ways he might be a bit of a replacement for Wang, but we haven't seen that much of his moveset, so it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, I've also heard that he might, like, there's something about his backstory that says he's, like, a master from a long time ago, and people have brought up that maybe he's, like, uh, related to Eddie Gordo because he's got the dreadlocks and, you know, but he doesn't fight anything like Eddie Gordo, so I'm kind of, like, poo-pooing on that that theory. He fights, like... I don't know what the 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 style is called. It looks like when he's you know you have the the dummy with the little wooden arms, and you really quickly with your hand. I don't know what that what, what martial arts that particularly it, isn't means it to like do. the Wing Chun thing that Bruce Lee did. Uh, sure, sure. That sounds that sounds very very accurate.
3: It might be. I could In the be way, wrong.
0: The way he deals with the other characters in the trailer with just and he's like he doesn't move like a muscle in his face at least from what i remember he just like handles them and just knocks them back and he has this presence and he is like the ultimate badass and and, and then and it, it walks this line of it could become very corny and it super doesn't come across as corny yeah. I think that I know I know almost nothing about this character and I love him and I think that there's something to be said right there uh and, and then furthermore when you dig into his actual backstory and who he is and then also how he actually plays in the game um this is kind of a difference from from seeing like this. He's a new character, right? For a Tekken, he's, yes. he's just like their own creation. This 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 new guy. Hey, welcome, Leroy. Last time it was Negan, and and you know before it's been these other guest characters, and now they're proving that they can go back and they don't only have a one trick pony of like here's someone that you recognize. It's like here's something completely new, and he's badass from the start. And I think that's a big win for Bandai. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to take things in a little different
2: direction here, and I look at Zafina. And and she comes out with this like orb type thing, right? And I'm thinking like, oh, hey, it's like a you know a monat type stuff. And then like she comes out, and she's just fighting with her hands and feet, and it's like where's the where's the orb? Like throw it behind someone and like have it like circle around and stuff. It, it that it goes to one of my complaints about Tekken is like I I love seeing like Akuma and Geese and Negan and all that kind of stuff, and I wish they would continue to to diversify their playstyle a little bit more. Like I, I get hype over the characters, I get why they're awesome and all that, and you know Zavina's got like this kind of cool uh, like claw glove type thing but i wish i wish their, their 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 styles were a little bit more different then it's like it it's sometimes too much like feels like too much of the same thing to me
3: dude they sure. gave her a demon arm <laughs> I, I, know, I know it's a demon <laughs> arm but
2: she's still punching with it it's like she's not doing anything different with it like it just looks cool
3: that, so. it, that was an amazing callback actually because uh she was a character that debuted in uh, Tekken 6, and uh, she was the only one from Tekken, the only new character from Tekken 6 to not return yet. And what they did there, and you can kind of see it in her victory screen, you see flashbacks to Tekken 6, is that she actually has the final boss, uh, Azazel. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. Azazel, Azazel, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, she actually has, like, it, what it looks like at least. She actually has him or, like, his spirit as part of her now and that's why the demon arm comes out because she's basically like a mix mm-hmm. of herself and the seizo now and that's just I, i'm hyped come on that's super no, cool she, <laughs> she looks phenomenal
2: like, don't get me wrong again the the visuals in tekken 7 are great i'm just the gameplay i'm like well how is that different like so mm. she like hits you harder you know kind of thing it's like okay yeah. it's like the difference between ryu and kent's dragon punches like one lights you on fire one doesn't and it's like okay what? yeah you know it's like to me that was a little disappointing because again i see the orb i get hyped about it i'm like oh this is going to be something and the orb is very prominently displayed like it's an sure. artwork sure. it's all over the place i got really hype over what they're going to do and then they they didn't show anything with it and maybe it's there like we only see you know like 40 seconds of her in the trailer it's just like i wish it, it added something new to her gameplay
3: they got like 200 moves for each character in tekken so you i mean just wait for at least she'll probably have something with it
2: Uh, But getting uh, in here next, I'll I'll do a very quick recap and you guys can kind of go wherever you want to. But we got a brand new Guilty Gear. We got King of Fighters uh, 15 announced. uh, A new version of Under Night and Birth. We got season twos for Soul Calibur and Samurai Showdown. Uh, We got more DLC characters than we could possibly name here. There was so much going on. We actually have a really handy, like, recap and breakdown up on our website. Like, I mean, you guys can pretty much go in any direction you want to. There's so much to talk about that happened at Evo.
3: Yeah, we also got uh, four new characters announced and five more coming, I think it was, for uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tie Battle. That was pretty oh, insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so much stuff. I mean, for me, the big winner was of course Samurai Showdown because not uh, actually, I explained this situation to a friend today who doesn't play fighting games and he said oh, that really sounds like they under-promised and over-delivered which Mm -hmm. is the perfect way to describe SNK here because they've already announced release dates for these other characters and they're just, oh, well, screw that. They're actually coming way earlier. So one month for each character. Oh, and here's another character that's free, by the way, coming out in September. Oh, that's not enough. Here's Mina, the most popular character, according to our poll, which was my most wanted, who I was really hoping for, uh, which one guy in our comments got super angry at me for, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) but uh
2: (laughs) congratulations asshole
1: you know that's pretty much what it is (laughs) kind of
3: shout shout out to that guy so i'm super happy because i was actually i I was actually like i did some kind of reverse jinx because uh i have a a fair deal of like figurines and statues uh on display at my home and i actually bought a Mina statue like that we like right when evo was starting and then she gets revealed on sudden. I was like, oh, I did this. I caused this. I know
0: it. <laughs> so I was... uh, Nick, have you ever have you ever heard of Waffle House? No. It's the greasiest of greasy spoons chains of like this breakfast food place that you imagine. They're they're always like kind of super dirty and grimy, and they're off of the freeways. Um, and they're a dime a dozen and they're delicious, okay. but when you, uh, it's just, it's just like truck stop, greasy spoon place. Anyways, uh, they, on their menus, they have this, uh, they're, their prices. It's like the most blatantly obvious play on expectations, but they have like their main combo or whatever. It's like waffles and hash browns and everything, whatever this big breakfast. And it has the price $12 or something like that. And then this big slash through it and it's like only eight and you go, Ooh, I'm getting a deal off. Yeah. Thanks, Waffle House. It is still like a $9 at this really like crappy, greasy spoon <laughs> place. It tastes delicious, though. And I laugh at that because they're one of the only places that, that I see do that and it's like printed into their menus like they, the, the the thing was never $12 it's always yeah. $9 but they play with you psychologically and you buy it and you feel like you're getting a deal and it's this manipulation of expectations where we talked about Capcom messing up on that front so much yeah. and this is here the other side of the coin where they say well you're gonna have to wait you're gonna have to, to you know sit for a little bit and, and, and be patient and then w- once you're good and like soaked up in that and you understand that then they go just kidding it's out now and you feel like oh this is three dollars cheaper than i expected here we go and it's this it's a it's a brilliant approach to things so the, good the job
2: presentation. You, you spoke about it on our last podcast you said hey you know what would be great is if capcom came out and trolled everyone and said hey you know here's five new colors for kage and then walked off the stage well guess what harada did that and he did it three times and he yeah brought everyone in book <laughs> line sinker like perfect on point uh, charisma everything it's harada like i don't know who the more beloved figure in our community is like sakurai or harada it's like it's a coin toss or whatever but those two figures in our community are so appreciated for what they do and it's just like having on-point messaging and all that the presentation like don't mess up the presentation you know type thing but yeah so.
3: dude harada even trolls oh no Harada even trolled Ono. He went up with Ono's Apology oh, Scroll.
2: <laughs> not, not just that, off. he
3: went up with the Apology Scroll on stage. He was like, you know yes, what this I is? Know. It's Ono's it Apology Scroll. It I was, was like, great. damn. That's yeah. so good.
2: Yeah. Boone gets knocked off. He loses points because he said that if we found his car, he would reveal a character and he yes. never revealed that character. So he loses points. Although we, Boone is amazing. like, But he loses like just now in this instance. So
0: yeah, Yes, well, I guess I should say you're right. Absolutely. But NRS has been doing a good job. And the bigger point I'm trying to, uh, to, try to get to is is that although we have seen a lot of dropping of the ball with Capcom and hey, maybe they're starting to figure it out, uh, maybe getting in more touch with the, the community and expectations and how to set those up. A lot of other companies are doing an efficient job with it. They are figuring it out and they are playing with this and it's only going to help things grow. And and that this is a really good time for that to happen because, as I'm sure we'll get to, uh, the fighting game community has the potential to grow in leaps and bounds in the not too distant future.
3: Yeah, and actually, um, I think the company that is making the best use of the fighting game community's growth right now is SNK because. Mm. We already talked about what we saw from them uh, with Samurai Shodown. They're very generous. They were with KOF-14 as well. It launched with 50 characters, which is insane. And like 19 of them were brand new. But here's the thing. In the last two years, we've seen SNK guest characters in three different fighting games. Unless I'm even forgetting one, maybe. Because we had Terry Bogard in Fighting EX Layer. We had Geese Howard in Tekken. And now we have Haomaru in Soul Calibur Six, right? So mm-hmm. they're diversifying all across the board to try and make everyone see, oh, look at this cool character. Maybe you want
0: to try out the game they came from later. You know, maybe Ooh. if you're interested. SNK on route to becoming to leveling up to that AAA status.
3: Yeah, they're working on it, and they're doing a good mm-hmm. job so far. I think. I mean, King of Fighters 14, obviously. I mean, it's released. It was it had a lot of good stuff, but it also looked kind of lacking visually compared to many other games. And gameplay-wise, a lot of people were kind of disappointed compared to King of Fighters XIII, but it wasn't a bad game by any means. And now you see Samurai Showdown, you know, great presentation. Everyone seems to love it. It's doing great. And now they just announced King of Fighters 15. Everyone's super hype. I mean I can't wait to see where they go from here. Absolutely.
2: Speaking of Samurai shutdown, John, you actually went on record saying that you were worried about the fate of the game after Evo. Yes. Like, how do you feel about it now?
0: So there were four Genjuros in Top 8. Um, I didn't watch all of Top 8, but uh, it seems like the have been kind of paying more attention to general reactions afterwards. And what I'm seeing by far is that people are just excited and enjoying playing this game, and that continues to be the case. Um, and I think that it is in a good place I don't know how watchable it is if you're not super into fighting games, but it sounds like there's enough people in the FGC that that are uh, like learned enough and can appreciate the little nuances of spacing and choosing your buttons at certain times. That this is fun enough to watch, uh, but more importantly, fun enough to play at least. It seems like it has that hammered down, and the game is pretty damn broken. Like no one's really arguing that it's balanced at any point, like right now. But I'm sure it will go through balance patches and such but even at this young like samurai showdown its story was it comes out it has a lot to live up to it's got Evo just this like a month or or so after it drops like there's a lot of pressure and it hasn't been perfect but it has traversed these treacherous waters pretty efficiently and it seems like it has kept its head above the water even through Evo Um, and and so like like we said this is a double-edged sword it could go really well for it it could go really poorly I don't think it went poorly I don't know that it's like it's it's not like the new main game that everyone's looking out for but uh, if you're Samurai Showdown you are very happy with where this game is at right now people are going to continue to play it at least for a while. It could probably use another big tournament win and it could use a balance patch pretty soon now that we've gotten through Evo. But all things considered, um, it's doing better than it could be. And, uh, or I'm sorry, it's doing better than, than, like there's a big possibility that it wasn't doing too hot right now. And I think that it's in a pretty good spot. I think the fighting game community really enjoys playing it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I play it a ton and I absolutely love it. I mean, the only reason... I haven't been playing it the last few days. It's just because we had this new condom for Street Fighter V and I've been playing Lucia. But I mean, give me like a week. I'm going to be
0: back on some show for sure. Yeah, mm. I a, so I don't think it's dead in two weeks. That's good. Yeah, sure. I
2: had a joke with Nick because you know we we spend hours looking up characters and stuff uh, for Evo, and I said you know there was like fifty people we couldn't find for Samuraion. I said hey, just list them all as Genjiro. It's probably accurate. You know, just it's fine. <laughs> so. I think it would
3: be like eighty percent success rate at least. So yeah, yeah,
2: it's close enough. So <laughs> yeah. have, Speaking of uh, uh, different games and kind of moving and shaking here in the fighting game community, we had the uh, the worst kept secret confirmed that Riot Games is working on a fighting game. Um, Seth Killian was with their company for about three years. Uh, We've heard reports now. um, We're pretty darn sure that he's actually moved on to Epic Games. This is working on uh, Fortnite. I almost called it Knife, which I love saying. But anyway, Fortnite. (laughs) Um, Riot has had some trouble here with uh, sexual harassment and discrimination against females, particularly. Um, There was actually a walkout at their company to protest how these things are being handled. I don't want to get into details of that because it's like it's not really what we do here uh it that that kind of stuff is like hardcore takes months to unpack and kind of figure out all that and i you know it's so hard to verify this stuff is you know how bad it is and you know is it happening to a few people or whatever but i can say for sure it has been a major issue um you know, I, I don't know if that had any you know bearing on Seth. Like he's been like he's not even really confirming that he actually has moved on to Epic Games at this moment in time. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's it's a bad look for Riot. I know that they you know come under fire for different things about League of Legends and all that kind of stuff. But to put the positive on this, this is one of the biggest companies in video games right now saying hey. We want to get involved in fighting games. We want to get involved in eSports, more than likely. Um, this is going to be potentially a very, very, very huge game for the fighting game community. We know next to nothing about it, beyond that the cannons uh, from uh, Shuriken and from Evo are working on the game. Again, Seth Killian was working on it probably for about three years. Uh, this should be a dynamite fighting game when it comes out. Yeah. Um, and people should be very, very, very hyped about it despite the problems that are going on at their company. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to there.
0: Yeah, and, and the fighting genre has been somewhat separated from these other even more successful genres when it comes to esports, first person shooters and MOBAs and, and the card games and whatnot. But uh, you know, League of Legends has for for a while been like the biggest game and I think Fortnite has eclipsed it now or so, but it's still like League of Legends is no joke and riot is no joke, and they know how to quote unquote like they know how to do it here in the modern age and fighting games have had a hard time transitioning and and I I, I should say that just because riot who has had success with League of Legends is now doing a fighting game doesn't mean they're going to do it perfectly and I think it's a whole different thing when you go into the fighting game genre it's not easy to design these games it's not easy to balance them and and it's not going to be just this one-to-one thing where we can just copy and paste our model for how we're gonna do things with League of Legends and do that for a for a fighting game and it's just gonna be easy peasy so um i don't expect this to be a league of legends levels of of automatic success but what i do expect this to be is something like a new bridge for the fighting game genre to be connected to the rest of the esports world uh, at least a potential bridge and i think you're gonna have a lot more eyes on this because what riot does know how to do is make like a free to play game that's accessible to a lot of people that's fun to play Um, where does it land on the spectrum of like well it's accessible but you know has that compromised its validity as a competitive game who knows how they're going to do that let's not go down that rabbit hole quite yet because we have no idea but um, I do think that this w- there, there is a huge chance here that fighting games, the, the genre gets to plug in to the rest of, of esports in a significant new way, that we get new eyes on our genre through this game, and maybe that spills over into other games. And if we have whatever this game is, it blows up to a decent size, and it's at fighting game events, um, like the, the the ceiling is going to be uh, pushed up further in the not-too-distant future they said it's gonna be a little while they don't yeah. have any information on it So so we'll see maybe a year or two who knows but when this comes out There is a lot of potential and then worst case scenario it flops and I think we're just kind of still at the place We're at right now, but the potential is big growth and that's exciting
2: Yeah moving on here uh, Bonchan of course one Evo Street Fighter 5 um, I we just have to shout this guy out because it's so well-deserved um, he is uh, he infamously lost to, to Luffy and um, uh, at Evo you know like a, was it was 2014 or something like that yeah and um, uh, he has continued to climb the mountain again and again and again and he's won some major events and some top-tier events but he's never won Capcom Cup or Evo and the fact that he finally did this um, as such a fundamentally strong fighting game player I was just personally extremely happy for him it's like this is one of the great dudes in our community um, he's just so well-deserving of this title and like I would just it, again you know he won with Karen uh, He won over Rashid thank goodness but um uh, it is it's just like this is someone who you want to see up at the top of the mountain if you ask me
0: so absolutely he f- it feels earned especially watching FGC translated videos we've brought that up a handful of times Bonchan's been one of the the main subjects of those and it's been his uh, h- like his level of nuance of analyzing other players play what they're thinking and then what to do when you see them like when Punk hits a low forward and you block it, what do you do? Because what do you think he's going to do? And he's like been analyzing things on that level and then been able to translate that into wins in his gameplay. And that's is that that's one of like the core things that we as competitive fighting game watchers want to see. That's impressive. And he did it with a character that uh, she's extremely good, but she also is fairly honest at least in like you know scoring first hits and such she doesn't have as much just to it and so um all around i think it's a good look i don't think that like bon chan's from japan right and there's usually talk about america performing in in top eight evo and like which country won and i think that people are talking less about uh, like i haven't heard much of anything about like oh japan won evo so what does that mean in their relative um, uh, you know, position to everybody else in the world, or where does everyone else compared to them? It's been much more about Bonchan One Evo, and we can see his progression up the mountain, and it feels earned, and it feels right, and it feels like a like a like a justice. And so that's a it feels good all around. Yeah, I mean,
3: definitely with how things have gone for Bonchan this year, he was going into the top eight, he might have been the favorite, even him or Fujimura, but it's still very satisfying to see him actually grab that win. You know.
0: Yeah. yeah. And he's still like 185 points short of Punk that having is, I was like just having won two mention premier that. events yeah. and then Super Premier Evo. Evo. And it, I think that catapulted him up about 2,400 points. And he got like two or 300 from getting like a second place shortly before that. And still, he's 185 points short of Punk, which shows you how damn dominant Punk was yeah. uh, in his run so far. And we've got plenty of season left. You know, the, people could get hot, they could cool off. We'll see what happens. But the Pro Tour has been any, like, if it's been anything, it's been exciting. Exciting.
2: And I think one of the reasons that um, people are, are so much more okay with this and just talking about bon Chan's win is that we're seeing a lot more parody in Street Fighter 5 and, and other fighting games for that matter. You don't expect Japan to come out and win every single tournament now. You know, it's like, no, it's like you're going to see a bunch of players competing and it's, it's, it's less about the region and, and I think it's more about the players now, which is a really good change, I think, for our fighting game community. You still see a lot of regional hype. You still see, uh, there's certain, you know, Twitter accounts out there that are like putting flags on every player's name and all that, so you know which country they came from from but i Mm -hmm. think for a lot of people that's been dialed back and they're like eh who cares like it's not that big of a deal as long as you're seeing good character variety top level play um as long as there's good parity, if like, let's just say like Canada of all places becomes like the most dominant region in every fighting game, you're going to see a lot of people say like, hey, I don't want to see Canada win anymore. Like they're winning everything and they've won it for 10 years in a row. I don't want to watch that. You know, it's like it, we already know who's going to win. And it goes back to like, you know, sports and whatnot. You, you like to have some question of who's going to take it all. You, you want to know that the outcome already isn't predecided for you.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where I'd like to look at a few of the other games that were at EVO as well. Because one game that's traditionally been pretty much, not every year, but it's kind of been a thing that when it's at EVO, it will be filled with nothing but Japanese players is Blaze Blue and uh last year we did have an american come in second place this year we had an american win the whole thing in shinku which was an amazing victory i know like giuna was on the mic and giuna was just like um, is this reality <laughs> am i seeing this actually happen <laughs> stuff like that and uh, another success story uh, that's probably even bigger in that sense is arslan ash in tekken yeah oh, uh yeah. yeah he won back to back evo's now because he won evo japan this year and then he won this and he's from pakistan I've never heard of a Tekken scene in Pakistan, even after yeah. his success, I've never heard of a Tekken scene in Pakistan, and I mean, he's, he's bodying Knee, who's like a Tekken god from Korea, you know, it's not that Korea always wins in Tekken, but they're super good, they're definitely at mm. the top, they yes. win the most, and he's basically playing with Korea's top player, and destroying him in two Evo Finals.
0: And I've heard that he said, I, I don't know where the quote comes from, so not for sure, but I've heard that Arslan himself has said that he's not even the best player in Pakistan. Oh, my That's God. Insane. Yes. That's wow. and insane. And this comes down to, well, what kind of potential have we not seen? It's like we see this come out of Korea. We see it come out of Japan where the culture is already in, down with, with video games and such a lot more. And, and you see these players uh, are able to to travel and play and grow to being as strong as they possibly can. Um, And and now that esports is growing, now that fighting games are growing, uh, we're seeing more opportunities come out to new players and this is an amazing example of just that. It's like, well, not only do we have this great story with Arslan Ash, he's saying, yeah, and I'm just one of like the medium guys, like you haven't even seen our big guns yet. This is the Ginyu force and freeze is on the (laughs) way, baby. And and the other big thing, I have to give a shout out to Sherry Jenix and the E-Fight Pass. They were the ones that made it, like, possible for Arslan Ash to attend this event. Oh, yeah. Um, and they've they've opened up some doors, and it's through work like that that we're getting these opportunities. And not everybody that flies, uh, that, that gets, you know, like, a, a passport or a visa through these kind of things are, are is going to be, like, the shining beacon of, like, new potential. But sometimes they will, and it's really cool to see that. And so fighting games continue to grow thanks to efforts, you know, within the community, like small time, or not small time, but like uh, uh, grassroots, you know, mm-hmm. with people just like, hey, let's get a Patreon started, let's start flying people out, let's do it ourselves. On the other side, you have, you know, eSports and, and Riot Games coming in yeah. to help, you know, it, to, to blow things up even further. So we're seeing it from all sides. It's a good time for fighting game eSports. And man, is, is that a nice message to come around right now? Yeah, sure. With how, with how, you know, it, it's been really good, but we've had so much negative to say going into Evo in these months lining up, you know, with, with Capcom and their thing. And, like, with Dragon Ball, like, kind of feeling lukewarm and not announcing their tour, which now has is, is been announced. We know the dates and everything, so that's really cool. Um, there's been a lot of focus on, like, man, it feels like a sort of dark time, even though there's so much good going on in fighting games. And now that Evo's come up, there's a lot of these positive storylines, and, and we're getting to see the big picture, and and, and things are looking Pretty all right down the you know down the pipe. So so I'm excited, um, and I think we should be pretty happy as the FGC in general as we're going into these next chapters.
3: Yeah, and on that note, I would like to give three more Evo shoutouts before we wrap up, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, go for it. Yeah,
3: yeah. So uh, first of all, Goichi finally managed to take down Sonic Fox at Evo, uh, revenge from last year, and Goichi had been pretty good, solid this year. So it was, I guess, a bit expected, but they had a legendary set. A lot of people were saying it. Was better than you know the previous uh high point being Goichi versus Lefanet, I think was CO last year. Uh, right. so yeah, that, that one was super hype. Uh, speaking <laughs> of triumphant returns, we have infiltration in Samurai Shodown, amazing job! He shows up. Samurai Shodown's top eight was like a who's who of fighting game uh, beasts in different games, so it was really exciting to see yeah. I think those top sticks- players played out
2: evo winners or something in the the top eight of uh yeah. on it's just crazy so
3: yeah they had the infiltration uh Kazunoko, uh justin wong reynolds uh yeah, yeah and uh, CJZ. Yeah,
2: oh my goodness
3: yeah so. and then uh yeah the last one i want to shout out is i think we have a story up on the front page right now about uh soul Calibur six getting a second season because of the fans
2: yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. I love the way they announced that. It was just yeah. like, hey, you know, all things come to an end, but we have a new season for you guys. And it, was like, yeah! it was like, yeah, I was like, I was so happy. To, just very well done, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That that was an amazing point for them to like hone in on because he really said like everything has to come to an end but <laughs>
2: yeah
3: very good pre- uh,
2: presentation again but uh, I, I do want to i shout this out here as we end the podcast because we have given them so much crap and we continue to give them crap they just had a huge leak happen that was not their fault it you know it was a fault of, of steam um, not trying to point fingers at people just you know this stuff happens but ono came up on stage and he said there's going to be two more announcements for street fighter 5 one in november one in december and, and John Raptor and I have talked about many times, Hey guys, communicate with us and let us know what's going on. And they finally got the message and they said, Hey, you know what, this is what's happening here. You can set your expectations up. You know, these characters, the three characters we got, which are all very hype about, these need to last you for the next, you know, whatever, five months or something like that until November rolls around. Um, that's fine. You know, like, thank you for letting that, the, the community know that you're setting different expectations now. That's, that's Okay you know we can live with that it very likely means there's going to be no 4.5 balance patch like coming unless like somehow they sneak it in here like the next week or two but like i, I felt like this is kind of like the last chance for that so they, they feel like the game's at a good spot which is fine um and then come in November, we're going to have the super premiere of the North American Regional Finals. That's about middle of the month right there. Uh, it's more likely we're going to have more characters. And then in December, if we're going to get a Super Street Fighter V or whatever they're going to call it, it's probably going to happen there at Capcom Cup. They're going to announce it, and that's probably going to be the last version of the game that we see until a Street Fighter 6 comes out or something like that. was even talking about a Street Fighter 6, and I said, I know he said like, I'm not talking about Street Fighter Six. Whenever he talks about it at all, it's a hint at something. That's how yeah. Odo works. Like this is what he does. <laughs> um, so you know, we, and we also have TGS coming up in September. It would be very unusual for Capcom to not announce anything fighting game related. There, it might just be costumes and hints about stuff. It might you know be something else. Or, um, and so, but they're setting expectations now. Yeah. And. and I think that we have to shout out Capcom for as much crap as we've given them to finally say, Hey, you know what? Thank you guys for, for stepping up and trying to do more of what, you know, meets expectations with the fans. You can see what the other FGC companies are doing and we're just praising them up and down. You know, they're 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 figuring it out, I hope.
3: Yeah, finally communication. The only problem I have now is that I've been memeing Honda for one and a half years. I don't know how to who to meme now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all uh,
2: on that note, that's going to wrap us up for this episode of the event podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We really look forward to doing this every week. We have uh, various staff members pinging us and saying, Hey, can I come on and talk about this and that? We're like, heck yeah. Let's like, let's bring you in. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying this format, all that kind of stuff. Uh, please, you know, continue to shout us out on uh, Twitter, or other places uh, some guy personally sent me a, an ed video. He's like, Hey, um, uh, you've been talking about not knowing enough about ed. Here's an ed video for you to check out. Watched it. Cool stuff. Like we really appreciate the feedback. It's awesome to see. And, again we love doing this
0: we love the fighting game community and there it is and tell your friends and give us ratings on on itunes and stuff because the more you guys do that, the more we can do. We have some cool plans coming down the pike to to continue to flesh out this podcast. Maybe finally, you know, get more than one episode a week, stuff like that going. But uh, but it really helps, um, obviously, if you guys continue to listen, support, spread the word. Because, um, man, this is, I've said it before, but the, the, there are a few things as fun as being able to do this with these guys, uh, as far as as far as far I'm concerned. And I want to continue to do it and, and an even higher clip and capacity in the future. So thank you so much for your support and uh, we'll see you soon
3: Uh, which one guy in our comments got super angry at me for by the way (laughs) (laughs) but uh,
2: (laughs) congratulations asshole you know that's pretty much what it is (laughs)
3: Shout, shout out to that guy